The scripture comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 16. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also <clears throat> but now you must also rid yourself of all of such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. It is good to see more and more uh, of our folk, of you coming back. It is very good uh, to see you, and it's exciting, and uh, we're pushing back against the uh, darkness of COVID, and we're looking forward to that time when we don't have to worry about all the things we need to worry about. Anyway, it's great to see you all, and uh, oh, sight for sore eyes, I'll tell you. That's it. It's a good thing. I want to begin by reviewing with you. This is, where we, this is who we are. This is where we are. This is where we are going. I want to review that with you. So I'm going to start by the first question is, what happened to you? When you believed, you heard the gospel and you believed, and you accepted and received Jesus Christ as your Savior. When you believed and confessed him and declared that Jesus is Lord, that moment, what happened to you? What happened to us? Let me remind you, the first thing, we were forgiven of all our sins, and didn't we feel so much better for it? Forgiven of all our sins. We were set free from bondage to sin and death. That's not, no longer our reality. We were given God's righteousness. It was an impartation to us. We are, were not righteous. We were given a righteousness and clothed in that righteousness. We were born again. We were given 
a new redeemed nature. The new has come. The old has passed away. You heard that reflected in Paul's letter to the Colossians. You were not filled with the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit came and resided in you and still resides in you. The Holy Spirit was working from the outside before. Now the Holy Spirit is working from the inside, trusting and looking to fill you every day. Now what's happening to you right now? That's what happened. That is a done deal. But what's happening to you now? And I want to condense it into one thing. It's that word that especially Methodists toss around. It's in the Bible, so we get to use it. But it's a word that just, it just scares everybody. It's sanctification. That's what's happening to us. God is completing that work that he begun. Remember, we're born again, and we came into this like children. And now we're being raised up to full maturity. We're being conformed, transformed to the image of Christ. That's what's happening. Now, what will you be? What will you be? What do you have to look forward to? Not just heaven, but even here and now. What can you look forward to as being your nature, your character, your life? I want to describe it in one word. Christian. I'm using it as John Wesley used it. You technically are a Christian right now for all of the reasons stated above. You became a Christian, but it's more than that. What is the full, complete, whole, mature version of Christian? That's what we've been examining. I've been examining with you, asking you to examine, as, week, as uh, month by month as we go through the communion time in these what a Christian is. We've been looking at that. I've asked you to, to declare it. I've asked you to, I've encouraged you, you to pray for it, to let be part of that thing. It's a gift that we have, this, the, the, re, the source of this, which is Wesley's uh, gift to us of the character of a Methodist. And that's where I got this, and you can find it. And, and you can find the, actually, I believe the, the actual full version of it is still on our website, so you can get it there if you want to look at it. And we've discovered so far that a Christian, the full version of us, is one who loves God with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, and with all their strength. A Christian is one who gives grateful acknowledgments, gives thanks to God in every circumstance. Now, over the last year plus, not been very good circumstances, and I would be interested to find out, but you don't have to do it now, how many of you were giving thanks during all that time? <laughs> if I had to do it on the way, you know, Walter, how much were you giving thanks and how much were you just complaining? Mm. I'll plead the fifth. Okay. A Christian is one we looked at who converses with God, speaking to God and listening to God here it is, without ceasing, at all times, there's a communication going on between us and God the Father through the Holy Spirit who resides in us. And the last time we looked at this is a Christian is one who loves all others, neighbors, 
even enemies, our enemies, enemies of God. Loving them as they love their own soul. Loving them as Christ loved them. (laughs) And as if that wasn't as difficult, uh, difficult enough. As if it wasn't because we looked at that and and I've looked at that. I'm thinking, oh God, how are you going to do that? And sometimes I was tempted to believe it is impossible to get me to that place. Maybe it'll take a a death and a resurrection. Maybe it it certainly will take Jesus coming back. Maybe it will. If that wasn't impossible enough, if that wasn't convicting enough, because I looked at it and I looked at my own life and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm not there. If it wasn't challenging enough, what do I need to do different? How, how How can I address this and allow you to do work in me? If it wasn't promising enough, today, today, It will be meddling enough. (laughs) Here's God getting down to the kind of nitty-gritty. Everything up to now, it sounds really good. It's on the books, and we've heard it all our lives, and we know, and it's a good thing and everything. But now, as Wesley walks us through this in this fifth installment, installment E, A, B, C, D, E, fifth installment, It's one who is pure in heart. The removal of all sin that sticks around. It's like gunk. It's like mold on the walls of our lives. It's like, you know, it's like blockages in 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 the, in the pipes it's it's all of that stuff it's 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 the it's the dirt and the dust on the windows and all the sin it's the vestige of sin it's the removal of that that's what purity heart of it and it's and it's the actual putting on as we were reading in the scripture putting on the nature of god clothing ourselves with the gifts that god's given us it's having a singleness of heart Singleness and in signals, I know it doesn't sound like single, signal, it'll sound like two things, but it's really a single, single focus the will of God and glorifying God's name. Package that in one little thing, and that's what our single purpose and desire will be. Now, here's what a paraphrase of what Wesley wrote A Christian will be pure in heart. Love will have purified their heart, our hearts, from envy, from malice, from wrath, from every unkind temper. Love will have cleansed them from pride, whereof only comes contention. And they will have now put on bowels of mercies, We don't talk like that anymore, but trust me, it's a good thing. Bowels of mercies, an an internal nature that is just merciful. Put on kindness. Put on humbleness of mind. Put on meekness. Put on long suffering. And indeed, truly, all possible ground for contention on their part will be cut off. It's just not going to exist anymore. For none can take away from a believer what they desire, seeing they will not love the world, 
They will not love any of the things in the world, but all their desire will be to God and to the remembrance of his name. That's what we're talking about. Now, when I, when I was, back when I was, began looking at this and this particular installment, I, I, I was surprised that my eye, my mind, my attention was gra- ga- grabbed by one word, contention. Contention. In this, it's, it's, he repeats it twice. And, <clears throat> and as I went through, Wesley was using this kind of like, like a physician, like a doctor, describing a symptom, a symptom of the disorder of remaining impurities in our life. Do you want to know if there are any other things that should be out of our life? Check out the contention. That's how he kind of connects it. He borrowed that from Proverbs 13.10. Proverbs 13.10. I love the King James Version of it. That's what he sort of he used. He used actually his own translation. By pride comes contention. Pride leads to contention. That's where he got that. And he talks logically about a disease of impurity, purity of heart, health, wholeness, pride, disease, death, contention. Purity of heart, health, wholeness, peace, love, pride, disease, death, contention. And so the symptom I I, I couldn't shake was contention. Now, I would like to tell you, I don't think any of you would believe it, I would like to tell you that I'm free from all contention. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Well, relatively speaking, <laughs> that was my wife who was laughing, just for the record. <laughs> Relat- relatively speaking, I can do what the rest of the world does. There's always somebody that I can compare myself to, and I know that I'm not as contentious as they are. <laughs> oh, man, they are. And I feel good about that. Oh, golly. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bad trap there, folks, and I hope you understand that. But still, my attention was captured by, I saw in my own life, contention. Contention. Now, This is how Paul, well, there was the internal stuff. Envy? Was I envious? I found there are vestiges of envy. Malice? Oh, boy, I'd like to get a hold of that one. Wrath? Anger? Rage? Hmm. Unkind tempers? That's things that happen, emotional things that happen to us, and somebody is going to pay. Somebody is going to pride. And what I found was there were internal battles in my life. And I was battling contention. To be honest, what I was doing was I was surrendering to these bad things in my mind and heart. And when you surrender to these things internally, why should I fight it? Okay? And I was hiding. Hiding, hopefully and intentionally, from the world. Hopefully meaning no one would see it and it wouldn't affect anybody. But there it was. And then I recognized that there was an external contention. 
Because try as I might, when I, when I sail through this, here comes a great metaphor. I worked on this hours. As I sailed through life, I look back and there's contention in my wake. They knew there was contention in my life, whoever they are. At this point, my temptation was God seemed to be meddling a little bit too much in my private affairs. And I was happy, although I didn't, to warn God off sacred ground. Stay away from that, God. Okay. Because I have plenty of good reasons, excuses, and justifications for every one of those things in my life. Trust me, I do. I can't understand why God doesn't recognize that. <laughs> but fortunately, I was coming to my senses. <laughs> you see, this, this purity of heart thing, this getting rid of the things that cause me to be contentious, that cause contention in my wake, it's going to take a miracle. It's going to take a miracle to get it out of my life. As much as I try to purify my, my heart fully, to make me uncontentious, that's going to take a miracle. Then I looked up the words, to contend, that's the verb. Contention, it's a noun. And there's contentious, that's the adjective. And all of them mean to struggle in opposition. So you know what you need to do, but you're going to oppose it. Struggle in rivalry. Oh, you got your way? I got my way. Well, let's, uh, let's see who gets to the end better. Okay. It's conflict. It's combat. It's contest. And that's what we hear in Colossians 3. Put to death, therefore, what belongs to your earthly nature. Put it to death. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed. This is idolatry. It brings the wrath of God. And then Paul goes on to say, and listen to this. You used to walk in these things. Walter used to live in these things. Believers, you used to walk in these things. In the life you once lived. But now, because of what's happened to you, you must rid yourselves of all of such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, and then immediately following filthy languages, don't lie to each other. You've taken off the old with its practices. You've put on the new self, the new you which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another of any grievance that you have against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ, the word of Christ, dwell among you richly as you teach and encourage each other with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing with gratitude in your heart. We are forgiven. We are free. We are born again. We have a new nature. This is our new nature. Contention is warfare within us with the new nature against the old. I'm not asking you to listen to me. I'm not even asking you to listen to Wesley. Can you imagine that? If this goes, this will go viral in, in United Methodist circles. Not even asking, oh my goodness, how can you not listen to Wesley? But let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is ready to do this in a wonderful way. To reveal any contention, any combat, any contest, any conflict within. And any contention in your wake. And out of there, join me in the next installment First, declaring that this is what a Christian is. This is what God wants for us. This is what God is doing in us. And then ask God to do it. Give him permission to do it. This is what you're going to be like. This is what God intends for you to be like. It'll be a great day when you walk into me and you see me being like what God wants me to be like. I want to ask you to bow your heads, and I'm going to read each section. There's only two sections. And after each section, I'm going to ask you then to join me in simply saying, yes, Lord, amen, let it be. Let's pray. A Christian will be pure in heart. Love will have purified their heart from envy, malice, wrath, every unkind temper. Love will have cleansed them from pride, whereof only comes contention. And they will have now put on bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. If you're in agreement with this and you're asking God, then say with me, Yes, Lord. Amen. Let it be. And indeed, all possible ground for contention on the part of a believer will be cut off, for none can take, a, take from them what they desire, seeing they will not love the world, seeing they will not love any of the things of the world, but all their desire will be to God and to the remembrance of his name. If this is your heart's desire, say with me, Yes, Lord. Amen. Let it be.